Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for stopping by, tuning in, wherever you're listening from. We would love to hear how these episodes and this podcast is impacting your leadership, making it a little more supernatural. That's what this is all about, helping your leader within you become a little more supernatural in whatever it is that you do. So thank you so much for rating, reviewing, subscribing. Please share this with your friends. Leaders need to hear this content. Today, we are interviewing a very special friend of mine, someone that I've known for several, several years, over a decade at least. And uh, I'm so thankful for his friendship in my life. He's an incredible individual. His name's Sammy Robinson. For those of you that don't know Sammy, we actually had him on, I believe, in last May, powerful conversation regarding relational equity. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. Such a powerful conversation. And for those of you that maybe have never heard of Sammy, he is the leader of Voice of Revival, which is a not-for-profit equipping the church outside the four walls. He's been a life coach for business owners and professional athletes. He was a chaplain for the NBA All-Star Game in Toronto in 2016, and he's now currently the host of Praying For You, which is a TV show on Daystar. And so today we are talking about kingdom business. And before I bring on Sammy, I introduce him to everyone. Uh, this is the premise. This is the theme for today's episode, kingdom business. We need kingdom in our business. Whatever our business is, whatever our everyday life transpires uh, in from our job, our career, whatever, however that's expressed, we need kingdom in our the business of life. And there's a great verse in Luke chapter two, speaking about Jesus. He was 12 years old. He was missing for several days. His parents were in a caravan of people going back home from Jerusalem. And they were like, oh my gosh, Jesus is missing. They went back to Jerusalem and they found him in the temple. And it says that he was sitting listening and asking the religious teachers of the law questions. And it says in verse 49 of chapter two of the book of Luke, and he said to them, speaking about Jesus, speaking to his parents when they were frantically looking for him, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? See, even Jesus, even though he was born as a king, he was growing in his priestly role. And this is a little bit what we're going to talk about today, because you know, the destiny is king, but the process to get there is priest. And we're going to break that down. What it looks like to be uh, in business in any form of any career outside of the church and put kingdom at the forefront of that. And so without further ado, I want to bring in Sammy Robinson. Sammy, welcome to today's episode. How you doing? Sean, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm pretty jacked by the, the intro here. This is good, man. We're going to have a good time. Well, when I asked you, man, what you were feeling, and uh, this came up, kingdom business, let's let's dive into that. What do you think about what I just said? You know, how, you know, the destiny is king and the process is priest, you know, because God told me once, I remember everyone are born as kings, 
but we first must learn how to become priests because that spiritual side of our role, that spiritual side of our role really exists in the realm of serving, serving one another. Jesus was a priest. He laid down his life. He served, uh, you know, he served. He came to serve, not to be served, but to serve. And so that's really the starting point for everything we do. If we're going to rule as king, if we're going to, and I'm speaking sort of symbolically here, if we're going to operate in a kingly authority or or experience in life influencing culture we have to understand our role on the inside as priests loving god first absolutely sean and and i i again to bring it back to jesus here he was the perfect example of this you know he is the king of kings but he also identified himself as the servant of all and so if i if i could put it in a context maybe for some of us here to understand is that you know, kingship or royalty, that is, that is my identity today. If you're a believer, you need to know that you carry royalty. You are a son or daughter of God, but my assignment of what I'm called to is service. And so, you know, just like Jesus, you know, number one, he first, you know, he, like you're saying, Sean, being a priest to the Lord, he serviced the needs of God first, just like for us, our relationship with God, that is our lifeline. But to the people that are around us, we're called to serve. This is what I love about kingdom business. Business at its like very, very foundation is all about service. It's all about learning how to be the servant of all. That's awesome, man. I love that. And I think it goes back to, um, you know, this idea Jesus as a 12 year old in the temple, listening, sitting, asking questions. He was developing his inside so he could be the servant of all. He was yes. developing his insight. And I think that, you know, I, and this is how I would language it, and I've already kind of said it, but, you know, the priestly part of our role really develops the inside, whereas kings, the kingly part of our role, really is about developing the outside. That's You know, good. we want to influence culture on the outside, build things and do things that are going to be long-lasting and significant. Well, we don't have a strong inside. Like, like, like David as king, the greatest king, Scripture says, that Israel ever had. Yeah. You know, he spent time developing his inside when no one was looking on the hill, writing poetry, worshiping Jesus, yeah. taking care of the 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 sheep and metaphorically speaking as a as a foreshadow of the sheep of Israel he would one lead, once lead, eventually yeah. lead as king and rule as king. If I can say too Sean on this on a leadership note, you can only grow people's capacity to the capacity of that you've developed in the inside of yourself. And we look at David and even the stories of David and his mighty man. He took those, the Bible says that were distressed, depressed, and in debt. Like Sean, if you were going to build your business, that's not the qualities that you would think the distressed, the disturbed, the depressed in debt. I'm thinking, how did he do this? We have to realize that David had an incredible capacity because God had already been working on his heart. And so when David got around these individuals, he actually got through his leadership, increased their capacity for them all of a sudden to be, there was transformation from going from that place to mighty men that traveled with David, that did incredible exploits. Talk about amazing leadership and some of those great keys. That's a fantastic point that you just made. And it's, it's a hard thing to balance. So many people have a hard time understanding the balance of both. Yeah. Sometimes we can so major on just simply influencing culture, building greatness that we forget about the value of what we're building on. And that's the mm-hmm. inside. It's the things that nobody sees. It's like the, the glacier, how deep the glacier goes beneath the water. What nobody sees is the most important part. But Jesus modeled this because there's a prophecy 
in Zechariah chapter 6, verse 13, talking about Jesus saying, yes, he'll build the temple of the Lord. Then he'll receive royal honor and will rule as king from his throne. But he says this, he will also serve as priest from his throne and there will be perfect harmony between his two roles. So the balance of both perfect. Wow. What does it look like to have perfect harmony between our role as priest and our role as king? This is what we're talking about, because really, this is how I believe. And I think that you would probably agree. We build kingdom business yeah. when the core is right, when the Absolutely. motive is right, when the why is right. Sean, this is so, so good. And I think this is some of the things that the Lord spoke to me as well. You know, one of those things was like four, the four misconceptions of kingdom business, Sean. And, and I'd love to, you know, dive into this with you yeah. because we need the balance of both. And I think sometimes what happens in, in our worlds or in the church world, we usually get a high dose of one or the other. We get a high dose of kingship. You know, you're called to crush it. Just, just you know, use that identity, you know, use that royal, royal, uh, royalty or use that royal identity. And, and without the, the aspect of service or that priest, we never make it to the end. And we actually, we, we actually fall short of leaving legacy. And on the flip side is if we're all just, you know, yes, we're priests before the Lord and we wait before him, but there's also a place of action. And I feel like God is marrying the two of yeah. both the kingship and the, the royal identity plus that place of a priest. But I want to talk a little bit, if we can, some of these misconceptions, because I believe that God is bringing together what real kingdom business looks like. And I think the first thing I'd love to just share, Sean, is, you know, there's no such thing as secular employment for the believer. And, and I find that this, Sean, is something that's so massive. And, and we see this so often where there's separation between the pulpit and the pew. Now, Sean, I know your church. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a proud board member of your church. And uh, I know that you don't have this in your church, but there's many others that do where there's a separation between that which is sacred and that which is secular. And I want to encourage people that once we're born again, Everything is redeemed for kingdom purposes. Meaning if you are a business owner today, your business has kingdom purpose, not just yeah. making money, not just being a service in your community, but it actually has kingdom purpose. And if it has kingdom purpose, Sean, that means that every believer is called for full-time ministry. Now yes. they might not have a pulpit on a Sunday morning that maybe you have, or I have, but they have a pulpit in their place of favor. They have a pulpit in their job, meaning that there is a people that are around them that they are called to bring that message of encouragement, that message of life. And I, I don't know about you, Sean, if there's some of the areas for yourself, but I've noticed that there's such a change in this season where God is actually raising up the business community to realize, wait a second, I have kingdom purpose on my life. A hundred percent. And I, I think this is where, you know, we're, what we're talking about is balance yeah. really. And the, you know, we we've separated, you use the term sacred and secular. That's kind of a, been a term that's been heard for for decades. Yeah. And I think that it's very important that we we define spiritual leadership is not just, or let's call it supernatural leadership, because yeah. this is a supernatural leadership podcast, is not just in the confines of a traditional vocational type ministry within the four walls of what we call the church, even though the church is people, and uh, the church can happen anywhere. It doesn't need a building, per se. I know when we kind of say it, we're talking about, you know, the gathering. But in the end, 
if you have Jesus in you, you are a spiritual leader and you are called to be both priest and king, just as Jesus. Jesus is our model. He is the best model. He is the cornerstone. He is the one that we build everything from as the, the, the model. And so if he had harmony between his role as king and priest, we can also have, and we're using these terms because they help us give language to our spiritual role and our our influencing culture. And they go hand in hand. You, you can't really have one without the other. You have to have both. You have to have both. I don't think they really exist the way God wants them to exist without each other, you know? So true, Sean. And I, and I feel too, uh, as supernatural leaders, we need to learn how to identify and honor those that are they're in some of these fields. And, and one of the things, Sean, God kept speaking to me about is those that are business owners, they're really on the front lines and they're meeting with people all the time that maybe have never been to church. They have no grid for church. And yet they're going through their doors. Some businesses today, if you're a business or, or you work in the marketplace, you are on the front lines of ministry and you deserve that honor. And I find, you know, again, sometimes we don't know how to honor in the church uh, things outside of pulpit ministry. And I feel like this is a season where God is, is actually giving us clarity. He's giving us language, but he's also giving a heart for the business community saying, listen, what you do is significant. You are gatekeepers to your communities. You know, there's business owners today that you are gatekeepers for, you know, not just for your employees, but for also for your area, meaning God has given you authority. And this is where I want to talk about a little bit about that, that kingly side is because, you know, you have the authority to change the atmosphere in your business. You have the authority to be able to be like, you know what, this business that I'm in right now, God, I thank you that that stress is not going to reside in this business, that depression is not going to have a foothold in our business. Like Sean, what would it look like if we, we started to see, you know, kingdom business owners believing like Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven? What would it look like to see businesses that were literally kingdom businesses that had such a culture of honor, such a culture of joy, had such a culture of love. Can you imagine what, you know, your HR would look like where people are lining up to work with you? They're saying, man, I want to be a part of this business, not just because it makes money or I can see, you know, where, where, you know, it's my next step on my, my goals in life, but actually it's, I get something out of this. That's more than just, I, man, I feel like my dreams are coming to life. I feel like, you know, it pulls out the best in me. Wouldn't that be amazing to see in our communities? Totally. And this is, I mean, when you see that yeah. and, you know, I know we've seen it. I know we know people that operate this way um, and, and have experienced it ourselves. It, it, when we see that, we realize that this is why the priestly part of our role is so important because when we can major on the things on the inside yeah. that have eternal value, it affects everything on the outside. What's more important than anything else is the inside. Cause in the end, like that's all that's going to be measured. Yeah. It's not going to be all these things that we've acquired over the years and what we've built. It's like, okay, how did we steward what God's given us? Yes. But in the end, how we're measured is how did we love? Wow. How did we interact with those around us? How did we share this hope that we have? How did, how did that, our faith impact the world around us? legitimately leaving significant impact. I remember years ago, I, I was told this was probably back in 2005. I was told about um, this, this kingdom bank 
that uh, was in, I think it was Minnesota. And this bank that was considered, it was like a kingdom bank. Like the bank was started from like a, from a kingdom vision. And uh, I, I remember I was speaking and I heard, I'd heard about it. I think it was in the beginning of 2005 and crazy. I thought it was an, an awesome, you know, thing to, to hear about and thought, man, that would be so cool to see one day. And I got invited to speak at a conference in Minnesota, probably about six months after that. And I was there and I, I got to the host home's house and it was this massive house, like massive house, massive basement. I had the basement to myself. And here I am downstairs and I'm playing with the, I'm actually playing the Wii. Remember the Wii? The Wii? I was playing <laughs> yes. the Wii. I think I was playing bowling with the owner of the house and we're talking and lo and behold, it's the guy who Come started on. the bank. That's amazing. And I am like, what are the chances? Like, I just heard about this. Like, just heard about you and heard about this like six months earlier. And now I'm staying in the guy who started it in his house. Wow. And so I'm like so intrigued. I'm asking all kinds of questions. I'm like, tell me about this. And he's telling me all the stuff like that we're talking about. Like, you know, the the and it, how how this bank was influencing culture, but from a spiritual standpoint. Come and on. how people would come in and get investment advice, not just the traditional way. I mean, yes, there's the practical side, but there was the supernatural side. People would leave healed at the bank, weeping. The tellers were like leading people to Jesus. Come on. I mean, this goes against everything that we've been taught in building a successful business, right? It really oh, does. It really 100%. does. But, but when you put kingdom first in whatever business you have, you're going to see spiritual and supernatural results on top of it. I just thought that was amazing. Well, Sean, it, it actually brings me up here to my second point about some of the misconceptions in kingdom business, which is understanding the difference between covert and overt ministry. And, you know, me and you, Sean, we are what, you know, many would describe as overt ministries. We, you know, we declare healing where, you know, we, we preach Jesus and we have those platforms that are very overt and, and we're aggressive that in that nature. And that's an amazing thing. And God has created this way. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of ministries that are covert. And I, and I love that word covert because it actually means hiding place. And again, bringing it back to that thing of balance, Sean, I, I feel like it's a key word is that there's overt and covert. It, there's that which is out in the open and then that which is hidden in the heart. And sometimes these covert ministries, you know, they are, they're very, very, you know, um, how can I put it, convicted on changing culture. And we know this in business. Sometimes you can't just wave the Jesus flag everywhere. Now, not saying that they're not passionate people, not saying that they're cowards, but they actually have wisdom because the truth is. Do we actually have no, a Jesus flag? What's that? Do we actually have a Jesus flag? Did no, I don't. Finish? Can you imagine if I we did, should have a Jesus. We should have a Jesus flag. We should yeah. have a Jesus flag when we get really <laughs> excited. When you give a good point, we'll wave it. Go ahead. Sorry, but, I, had, I had to interrupt No, there. it's awesome. Hey, everyone. Before we continue on with this interview, I have some exciting news to share with you. The Supernatural Leadership School is now live. The platform has been launched with our very first e-course called the Voice of God Module. I would encourage you head over to SupernaturalLeadership.com and sign up today and begin a brand new Supernatural Leadership journey. Uh, but it's one of those things, Sean, where like when, how many times have you seen this? And, and maybe we can just address a couple of religious cows, if I call it this, where people in their desire to follow God, and I love this, please hear me on this. I love this. 
But so often we hear about the Christian coffee shop or the Christian this, and everything is so uh, overtly Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, listen, if God's called you to do that, that's amazing. But how often have we seen this, Sean, honestly, start and fail? And it wasn't right. because the intentions weren't, weren't you know, well-meaning. I think sometimes it's incredible passion, but without some wisdom. And part of what you're talking about from before is actually creating the atmosphere. What would it look like to have the atmosphere of Jesus in your business that people are coming to you and saying, there is something different about your business. Like I, I, they might not have the language for it, but they're going to ask the question. There's something different about you or, or that place of man, like I, I come into that bank and all of a sudden, you know, I, it's more than just money. Now, now I'm like getting encouraged. I'm getting healed. I believe God is doing this. You know, when you were sharing that story, I'm reminded of some of my friends in Indonesia, Sean, I, we know about six billionaires out in Indonesia and Christian guys, incredible, like guys that are on the Forbes list, you know, top 20 wealthiest individuals. And, you know, I talked to one of them about the story of the, one of the major stories, how the majority of these guys, they're, they're good friends. They all made their money together, Sean. I thought that was really cool. Like they wow. committed themselves to the Lord that they were going to serve the Lord with all their heart. And, and God really changed the financial game in 1998 uh, for these guys in the midst of a stock market crisis. God gave them strategy to succeed. And the Lord also told them and said, if you guys would move in kingdom purpose. Now, this is a Muslim nation. So hear me today. They couldn't just overtly go, hey, we're all Christian you know, owners because some of them got martyred on the spot. And so they had to figure out ways. How do we, how do we advance the kingdom? How do we do this in the right way? What's the strategy behind? Again, they have the passion, but also what's the strategy to implement that passion to see God move? And so for them, it was this, the Lord would speak to them about the worst area, Sean, like we're talking the drug infested gang ridden, you know, areas where nobody wanted to build a house. Nobody wanted to be there. And the Lord would speak to them and say, here's what you're going to do. The strategy is you're going to buy a piece of land there. You're going to build a house of prayer. And, and the Lord spoke to them and said, your battle is not flesh and blood. And I want you to release worship and prayer. It's going to remove all of these things, all these spirits that are going on in that area. It's going to remove it. And you're going to buy up the land and you're going to rebuild in that area. Well, Sean, they literally purchased all this land for pennies on the dollar because nobody wanted to be there. And they said, God, we thank you for these areas that it's going to be filled with the glory. Sean, I've been back there. Like I have been there. Like years after they purchased, they got the house of prayer. They started praying, you know, and, and moving in that kingdom authority. John, it's some of the nicest area. You would not know that 10 years before or five years before it would have been drug infested. Now it's shopping malls and, and massive, massive apartment buildings and all this beautiful stuff. Wow. And it shows you though, some of the tools that God has given us that sometimes we take for granted, whether it's the power of peace whether it's joy, these are, these are actually, you know, incredible tools in the hands of a kingdom Christian today. And I, I believe that if we would start to implement this and again, balance, that's such a, Sean, such a good word is if we would come into balance with, with, yes, I, I am a passion about Jesus, but also Lord, I thank you for that strategy to implement that passion or yes, I'm a King, but I'm also a priest before the Lord. And if we could bring that together, I believe we'll see some incredible things take place. Totally. And it's understanding, once again, that the inside is more important than the outside. And if we can yeah. develop that inside, I had a dream years ago where I saw a picture of this uh, in myself and I, I was wearing this like priestly uniform. But then over top, I had this like this this jean jacket, this like sort of trendy type jean jacket. And in my spirit, I knew this was like 
priest and king. And I, and I, but I saw what was underneath as more important than what was over top. Wow. Even though what was over top looked cooler. Yeah. Right. Like yep. everyone noticed the top. So no one's going to care about the priest. You know, it's like what was underneath was more important. And this was what, this was a part of David's selection process. Think about Samuel. Like what yeah. did God say to Samuel when Samuel was looking on the outside? Yeah. On what was, was in his mind, more important he was like the manly man the wharf the, the warrior the one who you know the jack the 12 pack i don't know we don't know fully but he was a man of war you know and he went down the line and in the end it was like the lowly shepherd boy that wasn't even there didn't even make the cut didn't even make the lineup was sitting wow. on the bench in the field wow and yet god said to samuel like hey well you're missing one and, uh, and, and Samuel didn't even know, like he didn't even know, realize. And then God rebuked Samuel and said, listen, it's not about the outside. Yeah. It's not about what people see. It's about the inside. Wow. And I think that's our priestly, the role is like, it's what nobody sees. Like no one, the, the, the prayer that you pray when no one's looking, Yeah. you know, the, the joy and the peace that you develop when no one's looking, the gentleness, the kindness, the fruit of the spirit, like developing our spiritual life on the inside is so much more important than anything we can do on the inside. But eventually, if it's real transformation on the inside, it will affect and impact the world around us on the outside. Sean, this is so, so good. And I know for some that are that are listening right now, if I if I could bring this also in another layer here is, you know, another another point of removing some of the misconceptions is we have to stop seeing through religious agenda. And, you know, Sean, this is a big one. I and I think sometimes what happens is we get so caught up on what we see on the outside, you know, whether it's our clients and, or those that, you know, that work for us. How often is it, Sean, even for ourselves with people that we work with, where we're like, oh my goodness, they're not a good employee or, or they got these issues. And, and I believe that God wants us to see a different way. Uh, you know, part of kingdom business. And when I, when I'm coaching business owners, I, I, I constantly tell them, you know, David would have given up on his guys if he would have just seen from the outside. He had to see a different way. And I know this has been sometimes a struggle with the church is because we, we sometimes we, we look at things on the outside. We wonder, oh, man, they don't have this in line. They don't have this character. They don't have this. And it, we can get so focused on what's not happening that we miss the promise that he is working within them. You know, there is a I, I believe this so often is that in the midst of all the stuff that's going on in the life of an individual, there's still a promise inside of them. And that God is looking for us as Christians to see what other people cannot see. You know, I'm reminded, even for just a story of my wife, Sean, I just, just to celebrate her, you know, my kids, they go to a public school. And I know for some, they'd be like, oh my goodness, your kids go to public school. No, we actually prayed about this. And the Lord spoke to us to bring our kids to a public school. And uh, at first I wasn't happy about this. I thought, I told Chris, I'm like, really, we're going to go to public school. Friends of mine run private schools. I would love to get them into Christian school. And the Lord spoke to my wife and myself and said, you're going to raise up powerful kids who are going to know who they are. And they're going to go into the school and change culture. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Well, my wife had this desire. She said, Sammy, I feel like we're called to serve the, the school with no agenda. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, Sammy, I know you're an evangelist and I know you want to see people get saved, but I feel the calling of the Lord to serve with no agenda that we would go in and just say, we, we serve you because we love you. And that we know that if we can touch the inside, again, talking about balance, if we can touch the inside, if it's true transformation, it's going to bring these questions yeah. up and they will ask us, you know, like, who are you? What's going on? So we decided to start to, you know, minister to our school 
What do I mean by that? We started to give our teachers gift cards. We started remembering their birthdays and, and making, you know, these cool care baskets in the midst of COVID. We were making sure that the teachers were okay. We'd volunteer where we could. And we did all these things to serve with no agenda. And every time we could, we would take a moment and ask God, Lord, how do you see them? And I'm, Sean, half the school, half the teachers I talked to, they were atheists. They didn't believe in God. But I'll tell you what, the power of understanding service and even being a priest to those who are out. You know, many times we know how to be a priest before the Lord, but there's also learning how to be a priest to those who are around, serving and loving on those that are literally that we walk with every single day. And so we started to speak life over them. We started to call up the Desi inside of them. Sean, I want to tell you this. We got a call from our principal of my daughter's school, and she asked me and my wife to go in. And she said this. She said, you guys have so radically changed our school. Who are you and what do you do? And so I got to talk to her about what I do. Sean, can I tell you this? She said, can you come to our school and tell our students about what you do and share about Jesus, a public school wanting to hear about Jesus Christ? Why? Because we started to see a different way. Sean, what would happen if we remove some of that religious agenda, even Samuel, God had to correct him in the, in the old Testament. You listen, you're seeing on the outside, but I see on the heart, see the heart. I think I love that, Matt. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the mission being, like you said, a specific type of agenda, but the mission's always been love. Yeah. The one who gave us a mission is love incarnate. Yeah. Jesus was love is yeah. love. You can't separate love from who he is. And so yeah. I think when our mission simply is love, like we always see on all the walls, those decals, love always wins, <laughs> you know, love wins. And it's true. It's that's what you did. You went in there yeah. with your only agenda to love. Yeah. And that's why I believe God is using you in that space. I love that. I, I think that's amazing. What, what's, what's number four? Let's dive into number four. Let's we have, do we this. have I, number one, there is no such thing as secular employment for the believer. Number two, understanding the difference between covert and overt ministry. Number three, removing religious agenda. Let's call number, that making our mission love. <laughs> number four. This is one of my favorite, Sean, and it's a big one in the kingdom business world is understanding prosperity. I think there's so much misconception about this, Sean. I love talking with you about this because, you know, we're not afraid to talk about money. And, and we know that prosperity is not just money. But I will say this, though, is that the world's eyes, there is a huge elevation on finance. And that, you know what, I, you know, prosperity many times uh, is the primary measure for success in the business arena. Like people ask that all the time, you know, like Sean, people will not go to a business conference if you are broke. Let's just be, let's just be honest. Like, why would you want to listen to somebody that hasn't right. made money? So as a church, we Absolutely. need to get over this, like, yeah. and get over the hurdle of, uh, you know what, Deuteronomy 818, one of my favorite verses, it talks about how God has given you the power to get wealth. And so, you know, if God's giving you a power to get wealth, why are we tripping up on some of this? I, I actually believe it's a time right now for Christians to say, you know what, uh, money's not my focal point, but I'll tell you what, it will, it is a place of, it will serve the vision that God has for me. Yeah. And, you know, I love this because it goes on to say in Deuteronomy 8.18, God has given me the power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant which is the purpose behind prosperity is to see the covenant of God at work in everyday believers life. Now, I will say this, Sean, is that part of prosperity that I believe that God's going to bring us into 
not just dollars and cents in people's bank accounts, but it's a prosperity of soul. And I, I would say the majority of kingdom business owners that I know is that they are inspired or, or even their relationships are inspired by those who have a prosperity of soul, meaning that they have an amazing relationship with their family. They have a good relationship with their kids. You know how many business owners that I know that would give up all their wealth just to see their kids delivered from drugs and alcohol? You know, there's prosperity again is not a dirty word. I actually believe God has called the church to lead the way. What would it look like, Sean? for the church to not, you know, to be able to have finances, not be overcome by finances, but actually have prosperity in all areas of life. Absolutely. It's not a dirty word. And I think we need to get through that. I mean, if you break down the word Shalom, Jesus being the Prince of Shalom, Prince of peace, the word peace, actually one of the definitions is prosperity. Yeah. And prosperity is such a broad stroked word and it, and it's an umbrella to so many different compartments. And I think every part of it, in the end, really is about the soul. If the soul prospers, everything else you touch will prosper. 100%. If the inside, that's what we're talking about, if the inside's prospering, if that priestly side of you is strong, what you do in life will also be strong. Who you interact with will be strong. The relationships that you have, the family, all that stuff. And I know there's circumstances, I know there's exceptions to the rule where you know, life doesn't always give us what we want and things do happen. But in the end, when we have a prosperous soul, we can get through any tough season, any hard season, any challenging season, because we have that part of us as priest intact. So we're talking about kingdom business here. We're talking about the balance between our role in serving as priest and ruling as king. We're talking about influencing culture. We're talking about making God first, making kingdom a priority. We're talking about even the fact that Jesus had a process. You know, his destination was always king. He was born as king, but he grew up and was developing himself as priest. You know, he's king who sits on the throne. He did not do what the Pharisees thought he was going to do. He did not overthrow government like they thought he was going to do uh, because that wasn't his focus. But we serve, we serve Jesus as pre high priest and Jesus as King. And so I believe it's a great model for us to emulate since we are made in his image. We're called to represent him. We're called to be an ambassador. Therefore that same inheritance, that same definition identity is us for us as well influencing culture and loving God first, making kingdom a priority. Let's talk about some key takeaways and then give us an activation as we close. Well, Sean, again, the word, oh, man, I keep coming back to that word balance. It's, it's, it's not one or it's, it's both. And, and, and I feel for there's, there's many people that are, that are listening to this right now. And, and, you know, maybe the God's been highlighting some religious agenda and uh, maybe some areas where you're like, oh man, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I have some religious agenda, maybe whether it's with your staff or with your clients and, and maybe you can tell this and, and, I'll, and I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown. You can tell this when you start operating outside of what I call the atmosphere of the kingdom, where you start moving into stress, you start losing sleep, joy. There's a loss of joy. There's a loss of love. All those things are outside of the atmosphere of the kingdom. So I use as, that as a barometer. And I have to then bring in my perspective. So if I start, you know, leaning out of that and I'm not feeling that anymore, I need to ask myself, okay, Lord, where are those areas in my heart right now 
that I'm not seeing the way that you want me to see. Because obviously I'm missing it here because in your kingdom, there is joy, there is love, there's peace. And so God, give me eyes to see. And I feel like this is one of the takeaways, Sean, is that we need to be just as focused on on the inside as we are on the outside. And whether that's looking that way for our kids, whether that's looking at our, again, our employees, our, our, you know, our clients, I believe God is asking us to be able to see the way that he sees. That's so good. And so for all those that are watching the stock market and the crypto market, sleep peacefully. (laughs) Peace, (laughs) be still. Peace, be still. Give us an activation, man. What what can we do, those that are listening right now that are operating in some form of business, anybody outside of of traditional vocational church? um, I mean, it it, it applies to the business of, it's called the business of church, business of leading an organization too. It could be applied to everyone, but um, even the single mom, who's taking care of the business of family. There's yeah. always a business element, you know, administration, management, you're managing, you're building a family. And let's just use that term looser than the traditional sense. Um, what's, a, what's an activation for us Obviously. where we, we can actually be kingdom in our business, kingdom yeah. in the thing that we do? No, that's really good, Sean. And, and, you know, the more I'm just thinking about this right now, one of the things that I do a lot is... When I'm thinking about somebody, I ask this question first is, God, how do you see them? Because I can see an individual, my family, uh, those that I work with one way. And I ask, I ask God, okay, Lord, I want to see the way that you see. And then the second thing that I do, Sean, is then I ask God, how can I actually help them realize who they are? And just practically speaking, I would do this, honestly, get into a a repetition of doing this every day for like 30 days. And I'll tell you why to develop a habit. Like if you want to have like, I mean, like on the business and and especially I'm speaking in the business area, if you want to move as being that priest or that servant of all, when you start to serve people from the place of their potential, not, not from the place of need but from the place of potential, you will start to see transformation in your relationships. And so when I start asking God, Lord, what's the potential in this individual? God, how do you see them? All of a sudden my heart, and it might take a couple of days because some, honestly, Sean, some of us, we're frustrated with our clients or we're frustrated with our family. And so if there's frustration, allow God to remove it because you know what's happening is your lens is getting foggy a bit. And so God wants to wipe that away so that you can see them in their full potential in God. Then the second thing, when that starts to happen, you can then ask the second question. So, okay, God, what are some of the things that I can do to encourage them to move in this? And I can serve them so that they could actually step into the best of who they are. You know, I hear this all the time, Sean, we want to be the best, you know, best in the world. I actually believe the better, uh, the better quote would be this. We want to be the best for the world. How do we pull out the best in individuals? And so I would do that every day. And what you'll notice is you'll develop a habit of actually lifting people up and causing them to come into the best of who they are. That's amazing. And so I, I, I want to give a 14 day challenge out to all there, all those listening right now for the next 14 days, take what Sammy just shared. Number one, pray, ask God to give you perspective of the potential of the people around you, what's inside of them. And then ask God a second question. How can I serve that potential today? For 14 days, do that and do one act of service to serve that potential and watch what happens. 
watch what happens in your life. Maybe it's your marriage, your family, your, your work, your career, your business, whatever area that you have your hands connected to that maybe is troubling you right now. Ask God to give you perspective, and I believe he will. Thank you so much, Sammy, for coming on this episode. Amazing conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. And thank you for all those listening. Once again, we are all about helping the leader within become a little more supernatural. Thank you for listening. My name is Sean Gaby. Another episode of the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. We'll see you next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.